Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Robots Radio presents... In 2019, the Film & Whiskey podcast gave the world a new way to examine cinema and spirits. And the Sonoma Distilling Company gives us four whiskeys to fuel our debate. This is the The Film Film & Whiskey podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into the Film and Whiskey Podcast, where each week we review a classic movie and a glass of whiskey. I'm Bob Book. I'm Brad G. And this week we're actually reviewing 32 classic movies. This is our bonus episode. But really, it's it's more than a bonus episode. This is like the culmination of everything we've been hoping for, because let's be really honest, as Americans... Everything needs to end in a competition where people get upset with each other. (laughs) That's right. So this is our season one finale, and we are taking all 32 movies that we have reviewed, and we're putting them in a March Madness-style bracket, and we're going to go through them and crown the champion of season one of the Film and Whiskey podcast. Bob, when we started this podcast 32, you know, episodes ago, actually, it's probably more like 40 to 50 episodes ago, including bonus episodes. Oh, yeah. Like... I, I just I just have to take a moment and reflect on how far we've come. Like when we started with Goodfellas, I thought you were just going to end the podcast right then and there. Yeah, and it took everything in my being to not do so, Brad. But because I love you, we we kept going. We pushed through. Oh, I love you too, Bob. Oh, thanks, man. So, Brad, why don't we tell them about the whiskeys that we're drinking today? So they're coming from a company called Sonoma Distilling Company in Sonoma, California. And we saw this brand featured on the account of one of our Instagram friends, Urban Bourbonist. And he's doing great stuff. If you haven't followed him yet, at Urban Bourbonist, go check him out. But I reached out to Sonoma and said, hey, we, you know, we had this podcast. We'd love to have your product on the air. And they sent us these samples of four different whiskeys. And they sent them to both me and Brad. So these guys sent eight bottles of whiskey out into the world. This is a product that's not even sold in the state of Ohio yet. They're a small craft distillery, and they're doing great things. So we are so excited to go through the Sonoma whiskeys on our bonus episodes. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to try out these Sonomas, especially I'm very intrigued. Two of them are called are, are finished in cherry wood. Yeah. And I'm really excited to try those. So the way we're going to do it, guys, is we're going to have their standard bourbon and rye on this episode. What we're going to do for our bracket is we're going to go through the round of 32 and the sweet 16. And then we'll take a break. You guys can catch up with us on the second bonus episode where we'll do the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and the Championship. And we'll also drink the two Cherrywood finished Sonomas on that episode. So, Brad, are you ready to get into it? Let's do it. All right. Just a quick word about how we put the bracket together. So what we did was we took all of our averages from the scores we gave in every episode, put them into a list and made a ranked list. But then we realized, you know, as we get to the end of the season, you know, maybe we wanted to change our scores a little bit. Maybe we think one movie is better than it used to be the first time we saw it. So Brad and I sat down last night 
we threw out the scores and we just individually ranked the movies. This is my number one, all the way down to this is my number 32. So Brad and I each had a list, and then we still have the list of scores. So we averaged all three of those lists together to give us one nice, beautiful, objective list to work from. And we have seeded all of these movies from number one to number 32. And so our bracket is ready. Brad, are you ready to eliminate some movies from existence? I am ready to do this. Let's get going, Bob. Our criteria is... When a movie is eliminated, it no longer exists. It is thrown into the fiery furnace, and only one movie will survive Film and Whiskey Season 1. One movie to rule them all. (laughs) So we're just going to go straight down the left side of the bracket here, Brad. If you want to follow along with us, we have a post on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook that has our bracket. So if you want to follow along with us, go find that, and you can see the bracket that we're talking about. And so we're going to start in this upper left quadrant. And we're going to be starting with the number one overall seed, Vertigo, up against the bottom seed, The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Now, before we pick one, I know this is going to be a tough call for us, Brad, but before (laughs) we pick one, we do have one rule. If there is a tiebreaker, like if Brad moves one movie on and I move the other movie on, we're going to go to the coin, the coin of chance. We're going to flip a coin and we're going to let chance decide which movie moves on. So there is a world in which Assassination of Jesse James could win this whole darn thing. Yeah, I mean, I I think rather than calling it the coin of chance, I believe it's the coin of fate to show us what actually the coin of destiny that shows what actually deserves to move on because it's clearly not our opinions. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. So let's eliminate something, Brad. We've got Vertigo versus the Assassination of Jesse James. I'm moving Vertigo on. Yeah, my man, the assassination of Jesse James started off with so much promise in that opening scene, and then it just tanked the rest of the way. I think we very, very clearly have a winner in Vertigo here. Definitely. So that one's going to be really easy. And we're moving from that one to maybe the hardest of all of the first round matchups. We've got the number 16 overall seed, the Tree of Life, up against the number 17 overall seed, the Shawshank Redemption. Now, Shawshank is IMDb's number one overall movie, but is it one of our favorite movies? Brad, what did you decide to move on between The Tree of Life and The Shawshank Redemption? This was such a hard decision because, and you could probably put Tree of Life up against any other movie in our bracket, and this statement would be true, but Tree of Life is just such a different movie than Shawshank. It's so unique. It's so unique. It's an art house film. I mean, if you put it up against something like Vertigo that's a little more art housey than Shawshank, you know, I might it might be less of a true statement, but man, this was a hard decision. Honestly, I chose The Tree of Life in the end because I think it just has such interesting it has such an interesting way of telling a story that I was just captivated by that movie and, and I, I could not not put it forward in the bracket. Brad, I'm going to agree with you. I think we should move the tree of life on, and it is with a heavy heart that we throw the Shawshank Redemption into the fiery furnace of destruction. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the first two movies we got rid of were The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford and Shawshank, oh, that's just, that's hard to put such a great movie with such a terrible movie. (laughs) All right, what's our next matchup, Brad? The next we have the classic musical West Side Story versus... The 2018 Best Picture winner, Green Book. 
Now, this one was not even a competition for me. We both gave West Side Story a nine and a half out of 10. Green Book is a good movie and it's better than people say it is. But West Side Story is just a game changer and it has stood the test of time. I've moved West Side Story into the Sweet 16. Yeah, I would love to see the coin of destiny come into play, but I'm going to have to agree with you. West Side Story held up so well for me. I mean, there's certain things in Green Book that I felt like didn't hold up well, and it was just made a year ago. So I, I think very clearly we can move West Side Story here. All right. And that brings us to our last matchup of this first quadrant, which is Rear Window, our most recently reviewed movie as the number eight seed up against the 25 seed 500 Days of Summer. Now, I know what Brad thinks of 500 Days of Summer. I think he still gave it like an eight and a half, which is a good score. But I also don't think I have any compelling argument to make that 500 Days of Summer deserves to be saved from the fire over Rear Window. Yeah, Rear Window, like we said, it's it's not a perfect movie, but it's one of the best movies I've ever seen that I wouldn't give a 10. Yeah, for sure. So I guess we're moving Rear Window forward and adios to 500 Days of Summer. 500 Days of Sucking. That's right. 500 Days of Not Existing Anymore. <laughs> So we've got our first four matchups chosen. They were all the favorites. Vertigo, Tree of Life, West Side Story, and Rear Window. Brad, what do you say we take a break and try this first Sonoma whiskey? Let's do it. All right, so we're checking out the Sonoma bourbon right now. Brad, do you have anything you want to say about the nose of this thing? It really hits you like a classic bourbon. It's got really nice sweet notes. Uh, it It's pleasant. It has a pleasant aroma. Um, there's a little bit of kind of nuttiness, that, that woodiness to it. I, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I actually am having a completely different experience. When I, when I poured this out, I actually had to check the label because I thought I poured the rye. There's a lot of rye on the nose of this thing, and they, and they actually market it as a weeded bourbon. So I'm kind of shocked at how much this smells like rye bread. That's Yeah, that's really interesting to me. Are you sure you're not smelling the rye glass? No, I, I promise you I'm not. <laughs> yeah, honestly, when I take a sip of this, it's really pleasant. It's not mm-hmm. super spicy. I, I can taste that wheat, uh, you know, that wheat flavor. I, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, I like it. Um, There's a ton of vanilla on it. Like, almost like a concentrated vanilla extract. And I like that. I am picking up some of the rye and the mash bill on the bourbon actually does include no rye whatsoever. So that's why I'm like super confused about this. It does have wheat and it does have malted barley, but there's just something about it. Maybe it's the oak flavor that I'm getting a little bit. Yeah. Uh, But something is just sticking out on this thing that made me do a double take. Honestly, this might be one of my favorite bourbons I've had in a while as far as getting more and more pleasant as it goes. The nose is just okay. The taste is above average. And by the the time it hits the back of my palate and I'm swallowing it, it is an extremely pleasant finish. I'm really enjoying how this kind of ages on your tongue. Yeah. Now, this is uh, this is being bottled at 46 percent alcohol, so it's going to be at 92 proof. It retails for between 40 and 45 dollars, which I think is really reasonable uh, for a craft distillery. I love the packaging on it. Brad, would you recommend this bourbon? Yeah, I would. I could see myself giving this about like a 30 out of 50, somewhere in that range, yeah. like a really solid above average bourbon. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. All right. You know what that means. We have had our fuel. Now we have to add something to the fire. Let's move on to the second quadrant in our round of 32. 
so first up, we have Scorsese's unsung masterpiece versus Clint Eastwood making a pretty good movie. Yeah, this is a really interesting matchup. It's our number four seed, The Aviator, which if you had asked me when we first started this, if The Aviator would be the number four overall seed, like there's no way I would have seen that. But I was blown away at this movie on watching it again. And it's up against Clint Eastwood's Million Dollar Baby at number 29. And this is basically a rematch of the 2004 Best Picture race. And I think that we can finally remedy things and we can give Scorsese his Best Picture Oscar and move the aviator onto the next round. I honestly didn't even think about that, but you're right. Like, this is a movie that I just don't understand how Million Dollar Baby beat out the aviator. It's just... It's just a better made film. And that's not to take away from Clint Eastwood because I, I genuinely enjoy Clint Eastwood as a director. I, I, I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. But Scorsese hit so many good notes in The Aviator. I, I don't see how we can't move it forward. Yeah. And honestly, to this day, I think it still might be DiCaprio's best performance. It's just if you want to look at what he can do on screen, I would point people to The Aviator. I There's no hesitation for me. Aviator moves on to the next round. Agreed. And while we're on the note of Leonardo DiCaprio, the next matchup in our round of 32 is the 13 overall seed, Catch Me If You Can, versus the number 20 seed, To Kill a Mockingbird. This is another surprise in terms of seeding. To Kill a Mockingbird is one of the most highly regarded American movies of all time. Brad and I were a little underwhelmed with it this time around, but we both love Catch Me If You Can. So Brad, what did you have taken the cake here between the 13 and the 20 seeds? Yeah, I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird's courtroom scene, like we said, is one of the best movies within a movie I have ever seen in my life, but the rest of it kind of drags. I had to choose Catch Me If You Can. I mean, that movie just moves. The pacing is beautiful. DiCaprio's performance is amazing. Walken's performance is amazing. I I can't. It's just such a good movie. All right. You ready for it, Brad? I actually chose To Kill a Mockingbird here. Yeah. And here's why. It's such an important movie. And if the criteria is which one gets thrown in the fire and is never seen or heard from again, I think I have to pick Mockingbird just because of what it means to American cinema, just because of what it means to us as a culture. And like you said, that courtroom scene is nearly perfect. I think if if I was choosing one to watch on like a Saturday afternoon, I would pick Catch Me If You Can every time. But I went for the upset here, which means it's time for us to flip the coin of destiny to see what moves on. The coin of destiny. All right, catch me if you can as heads, Mockingbird as tails. Let's flip that coin. To Kill a Mockingbird has moved on in the bracket of 32. Wow. All right, so our first upset, we've got To Kill a Mockingbird beating the 13 seed, catch me if you can. Now, Brad, I have a feeling that the coin of destiny is going to make a very, very immediate appearance again because our next matchup is the number 12 overall seed, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, versus the number 21 overall seed, Forrest Gump. Treasure of the Sierra Madre is probably one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. I love it in a way that is kind of irrational. And Forrest Gump was a movie that I was a little cooler on this time around. And I was kind of surprised, Brad, to see how far down your list Treasure of the Sierra Madre fell. And I think that's how it ended up here at the number 12 overall seed. Yeah, honestly, like I can't disagree that the Treasure of the Sierra Madre is a phenomenal movie, but I I have to stick up for my boy Forrest Gump a little bit. I mean, this is a classic of American cinema 
in a lot of ways that I would say Sierra Madre is, and yet nobody remembers Sierra Madre, and I have a feeling that 50 years after Forrest Gump has come out, it will still stick out as a as a standard in American movies. Yeah, so I think we're going to be split on this one. I chose Treasure the Sierra Madre to move on to the next round. Brad, did you choose Forrest Gump? Let's flip the coin of oh, destiny. Oh, all right. Treasure is heads, Forrest Gump is tails. Let's do it. <laughs> and so far, the coin of destiny has sided with Bob. Woo-woo! Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Forrest Gump gets thrown into the lake of fire. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed here. I really was hoping for a Leonardo v. Leonardo matchup with Aviator and Catch Me If You Can. And I was really excited about a Forrest Gump versus whatever we choose in the next bracket. Yeah, I agree. But it's not going to happen. Because the coin of destiny has been rigged by me. Yeah, I'm, and the funny thing is I'm actually the one flipping the coin, so <laughs> I'm getting a little annoyed here. All right, we've got one more matchup in this quadrant. It's the number five seed, The Great Escape, versus the number 28, Amadeus. I'm a little shocked that Amadeus is so far down the list, but I'm, I mean, it makes sense. We, were, we both thought it was a really good movie, like most of the movies on our list, but it just wasn't something that wowed us to the point where we were giving it like 10s out of 10. Yeah, I would agree with you. Amadeus, when I saw it at 28, I was a little bit shocked, but I was like, I don't know what would have moved it higher. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I think that maybe if we'd watch the director's cut, we'd have a completely different opinion, maybe better or worse on this movie. So we watched the theatrical version, and I think we both gave it an eight. Yep. All right. Brad, I uh, I don't have to hesitate too long to put The Great Escape above this. I think The Great Escape is just such a well-made adventure film that it kind of takes it for me. Yeah, and the funny thing for me was I was looking at these two films and I was trying to decide, and none of the music from Amadeus popped into my head. But do you want to know what did pop into my head? Dun dun. And there's our copyright claim for the episode. That's right. What is it about music that just hits those copyright claims so hard? Oh, man, they want their money. All right, so... The Great Escape has moved on, which means in this quadrant, The Aviator, To Kill a Mockingbird, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, and The Great Escape are making up our sweet 16. Now, at this point, Brad, I want to be Michael Scott for a minute, and I want to give out my dundies. <laughs> so we're, we're going to give out a couple quick awards for the first season of the Film and Whiskey podcast. And the first award we're going to give out is the most overrated movie. So, so what I looked at was our final score averages versus a movie's IMDb score out of 10. Okay. And basically, the one that IMDb had way higher than where we were is the one that's the most overrated in the opinion of the Film and Whiskey podcast. Would you like to take a guess as to what movie has won most overrated? I'm going to guess that it's one of the ones we've just talked about on the side of the bracket. Uh, No. Oh. It is not. Well, then. It's a pretty recent episode, though. E.T., e. The Extraterrestrial. No, that was close. That was very close because you were so low on it. But <laughs> I was even lower on another movie. Fight Club. Fight Club is the most overrated movie in the film and whiskey bracket because I did not like it that much. Yeah, that's because you're a turd and you gave it a three and a half, which is a travesty. I, I, just, I just don't think it's a good movie, man. And even after Jen's explanation of everything... I understand what they were trying to do. I just don't think it worked. So congrats on your award, David Fincher. You can come pick it up anytime you'd like. Most overrated movie. 
in the film and whiskey bracket. Is it going to be like the Dundies where it's actually just a statue of like somebody bowling? <laughs> yeah. And Dwight's <laughs> in the background just playing sound bites. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're on to the second side of the bracket. Up at the, the top right quadrant, we've got the number two overall seed Pulp Fiction facing off against, and this is shocking, the number 31 seed On the Waterfront. Yeah. Now, on the Waterfront is still like such an important, iconic, classic movie. Brad and I just weren't crazy about the script. I don't think the script holds up well. We know what they're trying to do, but it just seemed forced in a lot of instances. And I would really hate to throw Marlon Brando's I Could Have Been a Contender into the fire, but... Brad, it's looking like that might happen. Not might. It's definitely going to happen. Pulp Fiction hits on so many different levels that On the Waterfront misses. And, like, it can be hard to compare movies from such different generations and eras, but Pulp Fiction is the clear choice here. Yeah, I agree. Pulp Fiction moves on, and Marlon Brando's contender speech will never be seen again. Uh, so we're we're in agreement that we are never allowed to watch these movies again once they're cast yeah. in the fiery abyss. I ha I think I have a, a feeling about why you're asking this question, because the next matchup includes the very first movie we ever reviewed, which is Goodfellas. And it's the 15 seed singing in the rain up against Goodfellas as the 18 seed. Brad, I think I'm going to do you a favor on this one because... This is not even a bit of hesitation for me. Signet in the Rain moves on over Goodfellas any day of the week. Yeah, I, man, I really struggled with this matchup. Did Be you really? Yeah, I actually really did because I don't like Goodfellas much. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know, Singing in the Rain hit very high on certain notes, but also very low on other notes. But I did, in the end, also choose Singing in the Rain. So I can very happily not give this to the coin of destiny and say, Goodfellas, you can rot in the fiery abyss forever. <laughs> All right. Martin Scorsese, you can come pick up that award whenever you'd like. <laughs> that's it. That's interesting. It wasn't a hard decision for you? No, it wasn't. And I think that, you know, Singing in the Rain, we talked about some of the flaws with it. But at the end of the day, it's it's just a shot of adrenaline. It's an injection of joy into my veins every time I watch it. And there's just no way I can throw that Gene Kelly dance into the fire, at least not this early on. Yeah, and that's that's the beauty of a, of a bracket matchup is that there's certain movies you might think should go on further than they do, but they just have a round one matchup that just completely dominates them. And that's that's yeah. just reality. All right, let's keep moving. Brad, one of your very favorite movies in this whole season, the number 10 seed, Some Like It Hot, up against the number 23 an American in Paris. And I have to say, this was a harder matchup for me. I like Some Like It Hot a lot. And I think that, you know, the snobbier side of me has problems or has trouble with straight comedies because I'm like, oh, you know, if, if this movie goes up against something like A Vertigo, how, how do I ever choose Some Like It Hot against that? And American in Paris is a very light, fluffy musical as well. But there's something so artistic in it that I really struggled with which movie to move on from this matchup. But you chose Some Like It Hot because it's a better movie. I did choose Some Like It Hot because it I is knew a better it. Movie. What did you choose? Oh, yeah. I 100%. The obvious choice is Billy Wilder in yeah. Some Like It Hot. Like yeah. th this movie 
hits on so many different notes that it's one of the it's one of the best filmed comedies I've ever seen in my life. The script is well written, it's witty, it moves fast. Marilyn Monroe has this charm and this this attraction in the movie that I was I was surprised by. I, I, the movie hits on all all notes. I definitely chose Some Like It Hot. All right, so one Gene Kelly movie survives, the other is destroyed. And our final matchup on this quadrant is the number seven overall seed, The Lion King, against Quentin Tarantino's 2009 epic, Inglorious Bastards. Brad, for me, this is this is a no-brainer. You know I'm not very high on Inglorious Bastards, but I'm also really, really high on The Lion King. I think it's a classic, and it's still somehow underrated. The Lion King moves on in my book. So I thought about this, and my first thought was Lion King. But honestly, I cannot get over the beauty of the opening scene in Inglorious Bastards. I mean, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to throw that one away. It's so good. And so honestly, I genuinely would put these movies on even footing for myself. And I'm I'm going to choose Inglorious Bastards just so that we can see where the coin of fate takes us. And I just want to be clear before we flip this coin. If we're talking about opening scenes, yes, Inglorious Bastards is an all-timer, but that also means that we're willing to give up the circle of life. I, I am willing to put it in the hands of destiny. All right, let's do it. Let's flip that coin. And the number 26 seed Inglorious Bastards wow. moves on. Inglorious Bastards takes down the Lion King in the first round. All right. So, yeah, so far, this is our lowest seed to make yeah. it to the second round. Pulp Fiction, Singing in the Rain, Some Like It Hot, and Inglorious Bastards have moved on to the round of 16. Brad, I think it's time for us to take another break. Let's try this second Sonoma Whiskey, their rye. Man, this one smells just fantastically different from their bourbon. And, and yeah. like that should be an obvious statement, but I like I would not be surprised if these came from different companies. It is vastly different. I'll tell you what, I love the nose on this, man. It it's dark and it does have some of that rye grain to it. It it doesn't just smell like ethanol, but it almost has this sort of like floral touch to it. It's it's very like aromatic. And I'm also like almost picking up like a creaminess on this. It just it it's like if you took a rye whiskey and added like sweet cream to it. I really like this a lot. Yeah, man. And when you get a taste of it, you get that burn of the rye on the top of your throat. Mm -hmm. But there is a sweetness that kind of doles down that bitterness. I yeah. am really impressed with this rye. I tried a rye from uh, Hudson whiskey, and it was the darkest rye taste I've ever had. It was just like straight grain this is not like that but it's also not as harsh uh alcohol wise as the bullet was this is kind of right in the middle for a guy that doesn't like rye i really love this it has almost a wheat flavor to it on the finish like a weeded kind of thing you know what it reminds me of did you ever have that cereal called honey smacks as a kid yeah i would agree with you it really does remind me of that there's that weird like puffed wheat taste to it afterwards but it's so pleasant it's really creamy it's really smooth i love this rye yeah i i really like their bourbon i think i'm enjoying their rye even more 
Yeah, I agree. If I was scoring this like out of 100, I think it would definitely be a- above a 75 for me. This is yeah. probably the best rye we've had on the podcast so far. I I would definitely agree. I this is this is a very impressive rye in the 38 to 42 range for me. Yeah, definitely. Out of 50. I think that uh, you know, for $40 especially, 40 to $45 MSRP, I would absolutely recommend it and I think it's a good value too. To find a rye is a hard thing to do because there there's such a variety of them. And this is actually a 100% rye whiskey. 80% rye and 20% malted rye. So there's nothing else in the mash bill, but it is not harsh at all. Yeah, I am I'm very impressed with this. Sonoma so far has been hitting it out of the park. Like great job Sonoma. You yeah. you distill some beautiful spirits. All right, let's finish out the round of 32 with this bottom right quadrant. We've got the number three overall seed Casablanca up against the number 30 overall seed Iron Man. And I don't even know if we need to discuss this, Brad. As much as I want to choose Iron Man just to see your blood boil, oh yeah, I, I can't do it. I no. mean, Casablanca is such a beautiful film. It it easily moves on. I love Iron Man. I think it's one of the better Marvel comic movies that we've seen. But we're talking about Casablanca here. Yeah. And I mean, Iron Man is probably not even the best Marvel movie. So like, it's just it's a no brainer. Casablanca moves on here. Bye bye, Tony Stark, at least in one of your 14 MCU movies. All right. I want you to say that again in the voice of Jeff Bridges at the end of the movie. (laughs) Bye, Tony. (laughs) There we go. All right. That takes us to the next matchup. The 14 seed American Beauty versus the 19 seed Star Wars. Now, we all know I was a little lower on Star Wars, obviously. I think that it's a solid movie. I think it's a 7 out of 10. I think both of its sequels are better than it was. So I had it fairly low down in my list. And Brad actually put Star Wars as like his number three or four overall movie. Number two. It, I don't know, man. I think that I would choose American Beauty over this. We would still have Empire. And I think Empire is just a way better movie. So I would pick American Beauty to move on over this. Yeah, I... This was honestly the hardest matchup for me because I genuinely loved American Beauty and I could see American Beauty as an elite eight or even as a final four type movie. Like I genuinely love it, but it's going to get eliminated in the first round because fate is on the side of Luke Skywalker and the rebellion. All right. Well, let's flip that coin, man. Boo hiss. Star Wars moves on. All right. We're down to our final two matchups in the round of 32. We've got the 11 seed Cinderella Man up against the number 22 seed E.T. The Extraterrestrial. I mean, this is a pretty obvious one. Russell Crowe just beating the heck out of E.T., just, I mean, just punching the heck out of him. You would probably see a nice little, like, camera shot image of E.T.'s ribs cracking. Like... (laughs) I would watch that movie. Yeah, I I would, too. And then E.T. just touch it, like, using his finger and going, owie. Healing himself, yeah. (laughs) All right. It'd be a great matchup. Brad, flip that coin. Whoa! Ah, boo! Dude, this is not... Come on, man. E.T., 
I think most people would pick E.T. over Cinderella Man. If we're just talking about the stature of the movie, it's a classic, dude. It's like in the top 25 on AFI. I mean, I know you don't like it. I'm just saying, I think I speak for the majority of people when I say we all think E.T. is a classic. I just So I picked it to move on. You're flipping that coin. Yeah, I think I just put it out of my head how much you love this terrible, I mean, movie. So let's go ahead and flip that coin. Uh, Cinderella Man being heads and E.T. the extraterrestrial being tails. Our favorite little alien that is a terrible animatronics has moved on. That's right. Bye-bye, Jim Braddock. (laughs) You're Jim Braddock. You're the bulldog of Bergen. All right, and our last matchup for this round is the number six seed, 12 Angry Men, against the number 27 overall seed, Fight Club. And for me, this is obviously a no-brainer, but Brad, I want to hear your thoughts on 12 Angry Men versus Fight Club. So I will say, I don't think that there is a bigger variation in like type of movie in our first round than this matchup. Like, I mean, The Lion King and Inglorious Bastards was pretty, pretty wildly <laughs> different as well. I mean, that's true. And also, like, Tree of Life versus any other movie could also qualify for that. But, like, when you think about 12 Angry Men versus Fight Club, this is the most disparate movie pairing for me. And I, like, I made a choice, and I'm still second-guessing it, but Fight Club is such a oh, good bro, movie. Come on. It, it hits on so many different notes. It it draws you into a story. It's suspenseful. It's intriguing. But I'm gonna choose Twelve Angry Men. Oh, good. Thank God. It's just okay. It's just the better movie. I like you. You can't pass up on these twelve men. You know, debating the intricacies of race. You know, racism of interdependent family dynamics. The movie is phenomenal. All right, so that finalizes our Sweet 16 with the last four entries, Casablanca, Star Wars, E.T., and 12 Angry Men. And it is time for our second Film and Whiskey Award. We did Most Overrated. Now it's time for Most Underrated. The movie that we liked significantly better than IMDb users. Brad, can you take a guess as to what movie we liked 22% 22% more than the IMDb users. I'm going to guess some like it hot. No, it's huh. one that we have been fighting for passionately and it has moved on to the round of 16. Martin Scorsese's 2004 classic, The, the Aviator. Aviator. And I am 100% yeah. okay with that. I do think this is an underrated movie. I would encourage everyone to go back and give this movie another chance. Because if I'm being honest, I actually think The Aviator is a better movie even than The Departed, which won Scorsese the Best Picture Oscar. Yeah, I'm going to say right now that Scorsese is not able to come pick up his statu- his uh, you know trophy for this because we're commissioning a statue of Leonardo DiCaprio scratching his arm and looking nervous. And being OCD, because this is such a great movie. Come pick up your statue, Mr. Scorsese. Absolutely. All right, Brad, we are down to the Sweet 16, and I want to move through this rapidly. So here we go. The first matchup of the Sweet 16, number one seed Vertigo versus Terrence Malick's 16 seed, The Tree of Life. Is this a no-brainer to you? Yeah, as much as I want to push the Tree of Life just to be kind of, you know, a jerk and be like, hmm, yes, we're better people than you because art house films are where it's at. 
yeah, Vertigo wins. Let's be really honest. Yeah, for sure. All right, this is going to be a challenge. We got the eight seed rear window up against the nine seed West Side Story. Brad, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I haven't chosen one on this because rear window is so good. But West Side Story blew me away this time around. And I think, honestly, in the moment, I'm going to say I like West Side Story to move on. Yeah, honestly, the reason I choose West Side Story here is because it has transcendent ethical implications that are communicated in such interesting and fun ways that, like, you know, Rear Window is a phenomenal movie, but but it doesn't hit you in the same way that West Side Story does. All right, so our first two entries into the Elite Eight are Vertigo and West Side Story. The number one and the number nine seed. Yeah, so that's a little bit of an upset, number nine over number eight. Let's move down to the bottom left quadrant. We've got number four seed, The Aviator, going up against number 20 seed, To Kill a Mockingbird. And I think, you know, from a film classic standpoint, we're both going to pick the underdog here. But I like the aviator to move on here. I am surprised that you would say that because for me, it's a pretty clear choice. And I feel bad because every year we go into March Madness, you know, the actual basketball tournament. And we all want to see a 20 seed, you know, go to the final four, go to the championship and, and win. But. But there's a reason that, you know, the top four seeds make it on so far. It's because they're really phenomenal teams. Yeah. And and I'm going to choose The Aviator here because I genuinely think it's the better movie overall from start to finish. And I I, as much as To Kill a Mockingbird has enduring moral values, I just can't pass up on DiCaprio's performance in The Aviator. Oh, for sure. All right. So The Aviator moves on to The Elite Eight. To Kill a Mockingbird is no more. And that takes us to the bottom matchup on the bracket here. We've got the 12 seed treasure of the Sierra Madre up against the five seed, the great escape. And Brad, I have a feeling I know which one you're going to choose, but I chose treasure of the Sierra Madre. I think that it's a more important movie. I think it says more. I think it, it probably has the better performances. Great escape is a fantastic movie and I love it. But treasure of the Sierra Madre is just near and dear to my heart. Bum, 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 ba, bum, bum. <laughs> You know what that means. I'm going to flip the coin now. Flip that coin, dude. Oh, God bless it. (laughs) The freaking treasure of the freaking Sierra Madre. Moving on to the Elite Eight, which means it's time for our last award of the day. And this one should be a pretty obvious one. The most divisive movie. Most divisive is the one where we had the biggest discrepancies in our final scores. Brad, I think you know exactly what movie this is. Uh, is it Fight Club? It is Fight Club. We were a full 50% apart from each other on this movie. You gave Damn. it an 8.5 out of 10. I gave it a 3.5 out of 10. So David Fincher is just racking up the awards here. Yeah, he, at the very least, he is one of the most talked about directors on this podcast as far as hate and love and everything in between. Oh, I think he's a great director. I just think this is a bad movie. So Fincher, you know, you got two awards waiting for you. And that takes us to our last matchups of the day. We are going to the other side of the bracket. Sweet 16 starts with Pulp Fiction, the number two seed, up against Singing in the Rain, the number 15 seed. And this one is going to hurt my heart a little bit. Sing about rain one more time. (laughs) 
Do it. <laughs> Sing about it one more time. Oh, uh, yeah. I think Pulp Fiction moves on. I just hate to see that beautiful dance go into the fiery inferno. Yeah, Bob, you do realize you're never allowed to watch this again. Yeah, ever, ever. So Pulp Fiction moves on. I'm sorry to say. Man, what a travesty. All right, I don't want to I don't want to think about it. All right, moving on. Some like it hot. The number 10 seed is up against Inglorious Bastards, the number 26 seed. This is the Brad G matchup of all Brad G matchups. I love uh, it. I'm going some like it hot. I don't think it's even a question for me. Yeah, some like it hot is the better movie. And, and it, you know, it's a dark, perverse comedy versus a classic traditional comedy. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, you have to choose some like it hot. All right. So the favorite wins in that matchup. Let's move down to the bottom. We've got Casablanca, the number three seed, up against Star Wars, the number 19 seed. And Brad, I did not want to pull up your list that you made of your your uh, personal rankings, but I was shocked to see how far down you've moved Casablanca since we first reviewed it, especially since you gave it a nine and a half. And I have a feeling that you're probably choosing Star Wars here, and I will preemptively tell you that I'm mad about that choice. Should we just flip the coin? Oh, my God, Brad. You Okay, wait, hold on. Do you honestly think Star Wars is a better movie than Casablanca? I think that if I am choosing these movies based off of both what I like more and what I think is objectively better, I think that Casablanca is a objectively better movie, but not enough so that it would overtake how much more I like Star Okay, Wars. I'll give you that. All right, let's flip this coin, man. All right, so Casablanca is going to be... I, you know what, Bob? What do you want Casablanca to be? Heads or tails? No, you can't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. I don't want that. I, <laughs> I don't want that responsibility. All right. Casablanca will be heads, and Star Wars will be tails, because tails never fails. Robert, I, I, I hate to No, tell you, you this. didn't. No. No. <laughs> no. No. But, but, but the rebellion has oh. not died. The Darth Vader of Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman will not move forward in this matchup. I just want to say for the record, that first of all, I hate you. And secondly, Casablanca won my bracket. Like, Casablanca was the winner of the season one in my individual bracket. <laughs> so this is the and it's this been is a... the upset of all upsets. This is Duke getting taken down by, like, Lamar a couple years ago. I am shocked, <laughs> and I refuse to throw it in the fire. I will hide it under my floorboards. You go right ahead and do that. Uh, I will say Star Wars was not my overall winner of season right. one, but mine is still alive. All right, well... So my my bracket has not been you have busted. ripped out my heart. We have one more matchup to establish our Elite Eight, and that is the number 22 seed, E.T., up against the number six seed, 12 Angry Men. This... Yeah, this is this, this is, is a much easier choice. For you, it is. Than, for you, yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. I actually really, really struggled with this matchup, and I predicted that we would get here. And Brad? Yeah, I mean... I'm curious why E.T. became the 22 seed, because I still gave it a 6 out of 10. Is this something that IMDb has not rated as highly as well? IMDb, I think it only has like a 7.8 on IMDb, which I'm really, really shocked by. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and vote 12 Angry Men. I, I think it's the better movie all around. Brad? I'm also choosing 12 Angry Men. There we go. E.T., I'm sorry to say, you were a good friend. 
But uh, 12 Angry Men moves on, which means that we have our Elite Eight set. Vertigo versus West Side Story. The Aviator versus The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Pulp Fiction versus Some Like It Hot. And Star Wars <laughs> versus 12 Angry Men. And that means that it is time for us to say goodbye for now. We will be back with our Elite Eight Final Four and Championship matchups for the Film and Whiskey Podcast. I am Bob Book. I am Brad G. We'll see you next time. wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel.